0: Welcome to Tea with my Uncle Irohs. Lazy Susan style conversations with mentors and musicians that have inspired me over the years. I'm your host, Son of Paper. For those who may not know me or Uncle Iro, I apologize for the niche reference and applaud your open-mindedness to try out a new pod. My name is Son of Paper and I'm a 23 year old rapper from San Francisco, California. Uncle Iro is a character in Avatar For my generation has deemed the most wise and patient mentor ever. I see our world as Prince Zuko-like, divided and misguided, but with so much goodness trapped inside. This season, I sat down with some awe-inspiring music benders that are bringing the heat across genres. From combos with industry vets to up-and-coming artists, I'm certain you'll find your next favorite artist here. Welcome to book two of Tea with My Uncle Iros. Welcome to today's podcast. I have two amazing uh, guests with me today that I met through the Sunset Youth Services programs. And I, I got to work with Veronica um, this winter and we did Upstar Challenges. And that was uh, a lot of fun. We also recently collabed on a song together. Um, and Figo, we, we have still yet to work together, but um, I, I think we've both been admiring each other from afar and um, just really excited to get in the studio at some point whenever things reopen um, with you. So sure. with that, uh, let's, let's just pass it to Veronica. Please introduce yourself, however you feel comfortable doing.
1: For sure. Um, I am Veronica Zelaya. Um, I work at Sun City Services, but um, in my free time, I am also an artist, um, singer-songwriter from Frisco. Um, I was raised on Hunters Point. Tenderloin, I was well, born into the Tenderloin and then moved um, to Hunters Point very young. Um, and yeah, I think I would say my genre in music would be uh, R&B and soul. I'm trying to go a little more into the pop scene, Um, but you know, I I don't ever want to limit myself. I'm a songwriter, so I'm willing to write whatever, even if it's rap or country, (laughs) I'm down to do it all. Uh, So it's a little bit about me. I'll send it over to you, Mr. Navarro.
2: (laughs) Yo, what up? I go by the name of Figo Navarro. I also work for Sensei Youth Services. Upstar Records, I'm a creative lead, I get to rock with Veronica Zelaya on creative projects. and um, Pretty much uh, on my free time, I also am an artist and, um, you know, I've been working on music for quite a minute since, probably since high school, started recording music and MySpace days, uh, putting out songs and whatnot. And um, yeah, I'm a writer. I like also like to dabble into film, you know, want to write stories and bring them to life. So a little bit about myself. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, This is, uh, a lot of the interviews I've done so far have been one-on-one, but um, I thought it'd be really fun just to get this, whoa, (laughs) just to get this group dynamic going. Um, And I think it's just gonna be a really good time. So um, thank you for your awesome intros. Uh, let's just get to a question that I know that artists get asked all the time. I get asked this question all the time, but I'm really curious um, who inspired you, especially um, artists and um, any big mentors in your life that really got you into music and making music.
1: I don't mind going first. Um, I feel like musically, Mary J. Blige was like my first The first woman I've ever heard. um, I just remember like I was living in East Palo Alto and my foster mom at the time would be like, you can't like, do not touch these certain CDs. Right. And little old curious me, I went and still touched those CDs and I found what's the four one one. And I had that, that, like, I remember I, I had got my CD player, but I had no CDs and I'm like, I'm about to listen to this. And, um, I don't know. Mary J. Blige just made me feel something. I felt like, you know, her um, her music really spoke to me. And I'm like, wow, like, I she sounded like church and R&B together, you know. Um, and I've just always looked at her story was so empowering for me. Um, and I would say Keisha Cole, you know, which it's, uh, it's mainly because Keisha Cole is a big fan of Mary J. Blige also. And a lot of their music is very similar. So I would say those are my two that I, that made me want to be like, yeah, I want to take this serious. Like I, I want to, like, I want to be that, you know? Um, so I, I, I would say that for me.
2: I love Mary J. Blige. Um, but yeah, B is super, I could see that being your influence cause yeah. Amazing voice. Um, huh. For me, it's, a, uh, it's been, I think one of the artists it's kind of cliche answer, but, uh, Tupac, like Tupac, I think was one of the first artists that as I got to know, not just his music, but kind of his life and how he, I remember reading this poetry book that he wrote and also seeing some of the films he was part of and interviews and kind of like that changed my whole view on what an artist is. It wasn't just like, oh, he wasn't just a rapper. I think public perception is kind of like what the controversy and things of that nature but yeah he was one of the first artists I was like whoa like he's doing a lot and uh he's not just a rapper um so he was one of the first artists that I really connected with and then I remember at 14 I uh listened to Kanye West the college dropout and that also blew my mind because it was like another artist that just the way he did with production and how he brought in soul sampling and oldies and, and kind of like blended that into his music was mind blowing for me. Um, and also he wasn't like this, especially early two thousands, it was super like tall tees, uh, you know, real like jerseys, real like gangster image, you know, and Kanye was one of the first cats to like kind of go a different route and still produce for a lot of these artists. But, He just came in, uh, I think, a little more vulnerable and exposing himself. And I know these days it's a controversial to bring up his name, but I'm a Kanye fan. What can I say,
0: man? Yeah, definitely. I I super miss the old Kanye. (laughs) Definitely a huge inspiration for me as well. I think the first project I heard by him was like maybe graduation or something because I, like I, I'm a little younger, so um, but then then going back and I think looking at some of my favorite artists and their all their full discography, like that um, that first project was just um, so different and so ahead of its time too. Um, but yeah, okay, let, let's let's talk a little bit to Figo. Um, I, I'm gonna be interviewing both of you at the same time um, and feel free to jump in too, Veronica, if you wanna like ask, if you have a question for Figo, cause this is meant to be a conversation, so. Um, so I was, uh, doing some digging and, uh, just watching a couple of your music videos. Um, and, uh, first of all, like they, they all feel very cinematic and like you have, you have like a good mix between the close ups, the mid range, and then the full, um, the full shots as well. Um, I think that's, that's really dope as a person who I, I almost was a film major, um, at Wesleyan but um, chose to do East Asian studies instead because it was easier. But <laughs> um, yeah, Figo. So uh, it, I, I watched one video called Vlog Zero One. My name is Figo. <laughs> and this is back in 2016. And it was really dope because you talked about who you are and like what, you, what like where you were at at that point in life. Um, and you talked about uh, uh, doing music. That was what you were doing. Um, You're just lost a job, um, and you were just working really hard with other artists. So tell us a bit about that time, 2016, and then bring us to the present as well.
2: Hey, that, that definitely felt like a narward moment, like digging deep. I was, <laughs> I like forgot about that. You know how some things, like some videos, you're like, you think they're lost in the ocean of uh, the internet? You're like, brought that one up. Oh, man, that was a very emotional time in my life. As I did mention, it was like a journal entry and I was living in Richmond with my mom and was like really going through it. And that specific blog was like a variety of uh, footage from a show I did at the uh, Carnival in Mission. So it, for those that are not familiar with San Francisco in the Mission District, we have this thing called Carnival every year and they have like just a bunch of different cultures that come together from Latin America celebrating. Latin American heritage and they have like music and anyways I performed on so imagine just like I was asked to do this show but I was really just struggling during that time so I found I was like let me just start talking about the struggle of what I'm going through and um yeah it's funny I'm trying to I'm like as you shared that I'm thinking of like what was shown in that (laughs) I remember I think I'm on BART at one point or talking to somebody on BART uh yeah, it was, a it was an interesting time. Cause I was in it and I, I appreciate you you speaking about the cinematic part. I, I definitely was like working with the guy that edited the video to be like, Oh, I want the shot, of the bus and I want this specific shot. So like being intentional about that, but I, uh, yeah, man, it was a, a difficult time. Um, cause I was just trying to figure out what was the next step in my life from doing odd jobs and whatnot. And, um, and yeah, I just started grinding and started working, 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 and opportunities presented themselves to work at at a school. And from there on, um, Sunset Youth Services came to school comes to schools to like provide uh, music production. And I just started asking questions, and I didn't sign up right away. But uh, the the position opened itself uh, at uh, when I met up with Rymo and Joe at Mission High School that Sunset was hiring. I was like, all right let's see what's popping. And, um, anyways, I fast forward a bunch of stuff just to get to that part. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, that it was always me like wanting to do art. So even when I was working at the high schools, we were trying to build a studio in there. We're doing showcases, open mics. It's just something I love. It's what kept me out of trouble growing up. So I ended up doing the work that saved my life.
0: That's amazing. Veronica, do you have, um, Any comments about Figo's music? Because some people in the audience won't have heard Figo yet, but I'd love to hear from you how you would describe his style and the way he flows.
1: I feel like Figo is a storyteller. Um, He is honestly the most dope um, MCs that I've ever heard of. You know, I feel like a lot of this like new rap is very like commercial and pop, you know what I mean? And, when you hear Figo, it's like, it's the truth. You know, the metaphor is always on point. Your style, like it's so you, like your your swag is through the roof Um, and you hear it in your music, you know, Um, but man, you just, you got to put me on to this video because I'm like, I now I need to see it. I want to see Figo on BART in 20, uh, uh, you know, in 2016. So Yeah. Shout
0: out to Figo. <laughs> Just look up vlog 01. I
1: will. <laughs> Figo. I can't, I'm going to go look at it right after this. <laughs>
0: awesome. Cool. Um, perfect. Yeah, I, I also noticed that, um, you know, you've been rapping for a while. And, like, um, some of some of the earlier stuff reminds me a bit of that that uh, kind of L.A. style, like, like a bunch of super lyrical guys um, in L.A., like Dumbfounded, Wax, um, all, all, all these, all this crew, like even the, the Breezy Lovejoy, like that kind of situation. Um, the production sounds a little similar. The wordplay, uh, the, word the punchlines always are hidden super hard, um, which I feel like is so interesting. Um, you know, people always try to compare for better or worse old hip hop, Uh, early 2000s hip-hop to today, Um, but I think what people don't even realize is that a lot of these rappers who have been, who were rapping during those times, have really changed their styles and adapted in a way um, that it it feels very special and unique when someone is not just like coming up in that generation, um, but actually changing the way that they rhyme to adapt to the times. So, Figo, what has that been like for you, I guess, because... You've probably had to adapt through more decades than I have, so.
2: Yeah, man. Um, we out here. Uh, you know, for me, I uh, I grew up, so this will probably give my age away, but high school was the beginning, when I was in high school, the beginning of the hyphy movement. So that's when, well, at least uh, where it got mainstream to the rest of America. We already were, like, getting hyphy earlier, but America got caught up uh, when, you know, E40 dropped, tell me when to go. So this was just bumping all over like our functions, um, for like city folks, they, they used to have, uh, like functions like youth functions at the spot called cell space. Um, and I was just one of them kids that was in there at cell space, unfortunately due to a lot of like what that environment brought as far as like, you know, violence and whatnot, those things, those functions got shot up and stuff. And, and, um, we didn't get to have, some, it wasn't as fun as a, it was painted out to be, but, um, I say all that to say this is that even during that time, I was enjoying going out and and going dumb and hanging out the window. I also had this appreciation for like the foundation of hip hop, like like I'm talking about Nas and in the East Coast and what they brought to to yeah. I don't know, they just were storytellers. The Fugees, Lauren Hill. I really just like became a student of hip hop and I would watch documentaries and um, I would watch this one documentary called freestyle. And it would like, I would just be everywhere freestyle. And I used to live behind SF state. I was battling older cats, the, the college students and whatnot. And that was just the era. I would, me, me and Ryan always talk about this. Like there was an era where you couldn't just get on the mic. Like you, you just weren't allowed to rap cats were bullies um, and wouldn't let you hold the mic if you were whack. So, kind of coming from that school of like some of my peers um yeah it just gave me like a i don't know a tougher skin of just being able to rock anywhere and hop on different styles so um i don't know if that answers your question but i just i fed myself everything about it the history of it from the boogie down bronx to dj cool Herc, who's one of the founding fathers if you uh, ever looked into it to like the you know current era of um the whole tde movement and and all that. So Beautiful. I could go on for days. Don't have me geek out to this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, maybe you'll have to come on and, and be a, a guest host when I, when I interview Ramo, that'd be pretty awesome.
2: Oh dude. Yeah. We're just not going to stop talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. I think it's, um, it's time to push it on. Now ask some questions to Veronica. And um, I also did some digging for you. Of course we're celebrating charge uh and and its debut weekend um and but before before we talk about that project let's just backtrack all the way back to project level and um and uh a cover that you did uh to bad by wale have you have you heard it figo
1: (laughs) don't it's so cringy
0: so, so it, I mean, that's not, I mean, um, you know, not, not that we care about streams that much, but, uh, it had like 20,000 streams or views back in back eight years ago. And I, I was like, Whoa, that was such a trip to see like uh, eight years younger version of you, <laughs> but, and, and that, that was also part of project level. Correct. Or like when, when, so I, I, I'm not really too familiar with what that is. So can you describe it to the audience?
1: Uh, so Project Level is a nonprofit um, in SF, in the Fillmore District, ran by uh, a rapper named uh, Big Rich and his wife, Danielle, thanks. Um And they basically found me at school. Um, they were doing outreach, just how like Upstar and Sunset, you know, we go to the high schools and look for talent uh, for them to come and, you know, record at the studio, um, they were doing that, Project Level was doing that back in the day, and, you know, Rich just took a liking to me, and was like, look, like, you're talented, and we're gonna kind of, like, you know, put you under our wing, and mold you into this, this, this artist, you know, Um, and yeah, that's how that came about, and, you know, shout out to them, Um, you know, we just went our separate ways, and I went the independent route and I'm here now. But uh, yeah, that bat, I don't, honestly, I don't know why people like that video. I sound really ugly in the video. (laughs) To me, it's cringy, but um, looking back at it, I really, man, I just was, I was very hungry back in the day. Like I was just like, I'm hopping on everything um, to just be heard. So I think that's, that's what that was at the time. And you know, there wasn't a lot of people that were my age also at school being singers and rappers. Like now it's like super easy to just be a rapper overnight. But back then it wasn't like that. It was like, if you're a rapper or a singer, and then you have this like rapper from the city, like kind of co-signing you, that was a really big deal. Um, and that was just in 2013. That wasn't that long ago. Um, I was a senior probably in, in high school. So, yeah.
0: Thank you. Um- yeah, I, I mean, I, I listened to it and I was like, I was like, whoa, like, sh- like, even from then you have a very like, unique tone. So it, it wasn't like, um, developed in the last two years, I feel like you've always had it. And so I, I was like, kind of like, shook by the experience of hearing you from that long ago, because when I hear myself from that long ago, <laughs> I'm like, I my voice was literally just higher so um it's just it's just so interesting to hear you know um I'm for you, you both have experienced just hearing old songs and hear just like the the lack of attention to detail in certain areas the just tone or the confidence or the content it's all different right or right, changes over time um do you ever um feel like uh where you're at now do, do you ever feel like roadblocks are like kind of like reminisce about the past or the mm, the experiences that you had I guess in music
1: can you a- ask that one more time
0: sure so I guess like sometimes I'll, I'll like be working on some demos and obviously not very polished yet and then I'll like hear an old song of mine and be like that song was actually not that bad like I actually don't know how I did that or or like I feel like a lot of things in music it's like Um, it's working really hard over time, but also sometimes it just works out really well that one studio session. Do you have any moments like that?
1: Um, I have those moments all the time, but to be honest, when I listen to old music, like I'll go on my SoundCloud and listen to the first song that I ever wrote. It's called Tired. I still have it on my SoundCloud as much as I want to delete it, but um, I think that my confidence was there. Um, I think that I... I just knew it all. I knew I was like, I just, that confidence is like what made people believe that this is what I wanted to do. And that's what I miss about myself. But I was not that dope. Now that I look like for, this is just for me. I, I don't think that writing wise, um, I just didn't, I was writing about things that I, that I thought I should be writing about. Like, when you hear a b singer you think you're supposed to just write about love and that's what i was writing about i was writing about heartbreak and stuff like that at 15 16 years old and those inspos came from like my mom and it came from like things that i've heard you know um but now as a like 25 year old woman i feel like the songwriting just gets better because you know you go through things and you you're more polished you're you know your 20s are you're just finding yourself and i just feel like now that experience is different. The writing is different. It's more like, I, I, I'm a little better at like metaphors and all of that. So yeah, I think I did go through that where I was like, you know, and is this still what I want to do? Like, is it, you know, uh, maybe I'm not good enough. Like I went through all that self-doubt and stuff and now I'm kind of like at the point where it's like, no, I finally found my voice and my tone. I just think that at that time, I feel like I was kind of ahead of my time you know uh, and 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 now it's like now i'm owning who who i am at this age and at this time hopefully i
0: that was beautiful that was good... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so bringing it into today um how kind of wh- wh- where's your head at um with music and yeah just talk about a little bit about your process as well
2: um yeah, you know, I really have learned not to force it, and so there's two things. Um, there's been seasons where I've been very like disciplined about it, because I do believe that there's also writing when you don't feel like writing. Is there something powerful about doing that? Um, it's almost like exercising when you don't feel like exercising. It's just it's uh, getting that that mental muscle to work out, you know. And even if you don't end up liking the song or whatever you wrote, the fact that the act of just doing it is super helpful. On the flip side, also not like beating yourself up when you don't got anything. It's like, all right, you know, and letting it uh, kind of come naturally. Um, but there is like a part of it that I, so I, I say all that to say this, is that um, I lately been focused more so on the mixing side of things. So I have a ton of songs that I've worked on and focused. Focusing on just like editing. So I'm in the editing stage right now, um, currently with with music. Um, But writing, writing's more like it's therapeutic for me. So if there's a specific thing I want to get off my chest, that's why I approach it. So sometimes words fail us, but it seems like music is able to translate that. Um, But yeah, that's kind of been my process. Or if I hear something, like sometimes I'll just be like, damn, I heard this song, or I got friends that are artists too that were like, even hearing you guys, like, I hear some that B did, uh, Hear some that you did. And I'm like, ooh, that production is crazy. And I get inspired by the people I'm around, the, the music I'm hearing. If I'm at Target and I hear a song, I'm like, yo, let me Shazam it real quick. And then next thing you know, I'm like, so inspiration kind of could come from anywhere really. Uh, my process
1: is very freestyle. I used to be like very like, I would write in my notebook and be like hook, verse, hook, bridge, you know. Um, and then lately i just been like, I, I come up with the melody first and I try to really like find, even if I don't like the beat, I'll just be like, what do I hear that's different? And I always say this to myself, my song needs to sound different from the last one that I just did. Like, I really try my best to like get out of my comfort zone um, because I had a thing of like making song, songs sound like alike. And now I'm just like, I just want things to sound different. And I want to get out of my comfort zone. So I kind of, if I have writer's block or anything like that, I'm just like, come up with the melody, play it on your voice memo, and you might fall in love with it later and come back to it. You know, so that's, that's, that's my songwriting process.
0: Can you talk about specifically the process for Charge? So your Um, new single?
1: Yes, man. One day I'll show you exactly what it sounded like. Um, I was doing my contacts for S.Y.S., when I heard, I don't know what it was, but I heard this beat on YouTube and I was just playing like a playlist of like R&B and hip hop, like instrumentals. And then I hear that beat and I was like, I just kept saying, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." like I just kept doing that. And I'm like, oh, I like that, like it's different. And then um, I started thinking about what would I want somebody to say to me if they were trying to like, like, you know, like get at me, like what, what is it that I would wanna hear as a woman, you know? So um, I just put in the, I just filled in the words. I literally had the song in my head. Like it just, it came like so naturally. I wrote that song literally in a day. The next day um, I went and posted a video on Instagram and then it got a really good reaction. And I was like, oh, people like it. And the next thing you know, I was like, what? I'm just gonna use it for a EP song so that's kind of how charge came about but if you it's it's just crazy how that song was just meant to be written
0: <laughs> super easy super dope um, I love to hear your reaction to the song Figo but for for me um, uh, it was cool that I got to mix the project and mix and master it and it was my it was my second time mixing a female vocal but very very um. Uh, a very important process and a very like learned a lot from it because I was like a little worried at first because, (laughs) um, uh, I didn't know how much to do like, like EQing a a guy and girl is a little bit different. So I actually hit up Joel, um, and he, and we hopped on the phone and he like, just kind of like broke down, um, some, some tips in terms of explain compression a little bit better to me. And then I, we started sending each other drafts, and I think you immediately liked the first draft, and we just kind of got closer and closer to what we wanted. Um, and I kind of just took the liberty to add some of my own vocal airing in, and, and it worked out pretty well. Just
1: so you know, too, like, Figo, when I heard Kyle's, like, the, he put, like, some Vox voice on it. I don't know what it was. I knew it was an auto-tune, and I was like, oh, this gives me Ty Dolla Sign vibes, you know, because Ty Dolla Sign does that a lot with uh, female singers, and I was like, yo, that sounds so good, and I was like, Kyle, turn it up, turn it up, like, we need to hear your voice, so thank you for being a part of that.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, that's something that stood out, and I feel like incorporating that, I don't know, the the direction you're going musically is amazing, B, like, um, even in the production, it's just, I don't know, it's just it's that feel good music, you know? And, um, I think that it's dope that to see the variety of music that you're able to create from heartbreak to like, kind of like what well, you mentioned, what you would want to hear somebody if there was a, you know, approaching you. And, um, I think it's dope. It's relatable. And it, it's like, yeah, back to that, that feel good energy. So with the visual, you know, work on some, um, <laughs>
1: man, I was, I was actually going to hit you up like, man, let's do something like yeah, yeah. I would love. I really I, yeah. yes I believe in your vision so
2: yeah right on right on thank you yeah it's real dope um but yeah that that's that's my thoughts on that uh,
0: so uh let's talk about sunset youth services something that we all have in common other than being from the bay and representing for our city so tell me about how uh, you kind of got to sunset youth and um, and we'll try to bring it to present day and um, what you guys currently do for for sunset youth
1: okay um i am a creative specialist at um sunset youth services and i basically i got i feel like i got hired because i know how to talk to people as shy as i am i know how to like really talk to people and i feel like i'm a good listener and um also you know i'm creative every now and then um and wait, what was the other question? Sorry, can
0: you? Yeah, and um, and kinda uh, you know, your current role, but how, how you really landed there at first and.
1: Okay, so let's see. I was talking, shout out to Wendella Killer, my coworker, Wendy Baker. Um, I was venting to her about how I really wanted to do music, um, but also be in my community, um, and I was like crying to her. I just honestly, I can I was venting, and I was like, "Man, I'm going through it financially. Like, I just, I was in a hard space." And she was like, "Oh, you know, we're hiring." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And I was like, "Yeah, send me the info. Send me the application. The application." And she has sent me the application probably like a month, maybe like in November. And I didn't do my application until December, and. I just kept like putting it off because I was like my age. I'm like, I'm, you know, at the time that like they work, you know, they work from with ages 14 to 24. So that time I was 24 and I was like, or no, I think I was 23. 20, yeah, I was 23. And I was like, man, like I can't like that was my biggest fear that I'm I'm young with this kind of job. Like I, I'm not trying to, you know, put this pressure on myself that I need to be someone's role model, you know? <laughs> Because I just felt like I was still going through my thing, like my my own personal stuff and um, a lot of growing that I that I that I had to do. Uh, but I ended up just putting in my application and, and got the interview. And I remember Don asking me, like, why do you want to be here? And I was just like, because I feel like I am them and I want to be a part of my community. Um, and honestly, like I just. I'm passionate about, you know, speaking for the unspoken. And I feel like that's what S.Y.S. is. You know, Um, I'm a former foster child myself and I've been, you know, in the juvenile system and all of that. And I feel like it does take a village to raise kids. And um, I just wanted to be a part of the village. And, you know, shout out to Wendy for putting good in good word for me because I got the job. So that's how I landed at S.Y.S.
0: That's awesome. So Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, really beautiful. And, uh, it's, I think, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, we are all, um, just trying to do our best and it's, it's sometimes really hard to like work with kids and high schoolers because you know how much they, uh, you know, you have to do a lot to gain their trust. And then once you do, you don't want to, you don't want to break their trust. That's definitely a really hard job. Um, and in the past year, we had several um, incidents where people, where some of the youth passed away, and it's just—I mean, it's uh, to me, it's it's like one of the most important jobs that um, you know uh, that you guys have done for a couple of years now. So, um, big thank you to you for that. Figo, do you want to jump in and tell us about your your journey?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, similar to B, as far as, uh,
0: you know, she was part
2: of project level. I was part of the DJ project, a lot of projects involved. Um, But uh, yeah, I heard about Sensei Youth Services when I was like, yeah, I was like 16, 17, but never did I visit because I was so territorial, very foolish of me. I mean, it's a cool studio. It's like I was missing out. Could have met all of them at a very early age. But I was like, no, I'm from the DJ project out here in mission. That was my whole thing during that time. And, you know, I'm I'm a stick on this side. So I never, I just didn't want to take the train all the way out there. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fall back. So this is me in high school hearing about Cincinnati Services. I had a friend, I have a friend named Tony who was part of it. Tony Jazzle shout out to Tony Jazza. Um, And he would always be like, you need to go over there and you need to meet Joel. Joel was so dope. And he would always talk about this guy named Joel, which is like our director of a program. Um, and uh, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I don't know. I kept like pushing it off. That's just my beginning of even hearing about Sensei youth services and the work they did there, you know? Um, and then fast forward, as I mentioned, I worked at high schools. I was running after school programs at June Jordan and mission high school. Um, and, you know, just family and friends that, you know, if you're from out here, these schools are like specifically mission. Like my mom went to mission and um, I, I, As I mentioned earlier, I was like trying to do anything related to music, anything that like I could incorporate music or in creative arts. That's what I wanted to bring into the space. So I kept running into Rymo, Wendy and Joel, like they showed up and every time like at these two specific schools, they're like, oh, they're talking to me for the setup of the studio. And at one point, I'll never forget, I was doing all this paperwork and Wendy was like, do you like, like, how do you like it here? I'm like, I, you know, I like it. I just certain things uh, you know, working educational system. There's a, there's a lot more than just creative arts. Like if you think about the first things that get budget cuts is usually music and creative arts. So I was like, I loved it. I loved working with youth, but I was like, what if I get a chance? Like I took the opportunity as soon as they said that they're hiring to like apply, because I was like, wait, you're telling me I get to do creative arts and work in the community work with youth. Um, it was like a no brainer for me. And I applied and, uh, yeah, fortunately super blessed to be working. I think I'm pushing a little over two years like that. No, like, yeah, damn. That's crazy. So yeah, about two years now being there and, um, yeah, in the blink of an eye, uh, just still rocking steady. And I was reflecting on what, what space I would be in if like COVID would have hit and I would have been at the schools. I really would have hated it, man. (laughs) Um, Like I get to like work on music and, and be creative still during this time. I've been able to work on even like educational projects. Um, Shout out to Erica. We did this project called walking histories where we learn the history of the Ohlone people here in San Francisco. And there's not many jobs that are going to like give you that creative control to be like, Hey, this is actually really important history. I think that schools don't teach and that we should teach and, you know, learn together. Anyways, I just went off on a whole thing, but, uh, yeah, I've. That's kind of how I got, uh, you know, in the loop with SYS.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna open it up to you guys um, to do a little bit more storytelling. Tell the people how you remember meeting me or, um, or hearing about me or seeing me. Um, and thankfully, we got to all meet before COVID happened. <laughs> but um, yeah, say a little bit about that, and um, or and feel free to ask questions too. This is the space for you guys to. This chat too
1: i remember the first time i seen your artwork that's what gravitated me towards like who to even ask like who is this this dude you know um and i remember asking rimo like who is that the cover art is sick and uh it's like a it's like your hand or something and it was like newspaper like it looked super sick like it looked like a real album cover um and he started telling me like, oh, this is, this is son of paper. And, and, um, anytime I'd be in a car with Rimo, he'd be like, yeah, he, he sings, he sings and he raps, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I met you through Rimo. Um, and I think, you know, we, we got closer actually during COVID, you know, with the IG challenges and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how I met, how I met Kyle. Son of paper.
0: That's dope.
2: Yeah, actually, I have the same uh, introduction to you with seeing your poster at the center and i am be like, "Yo, this art looks so dope and kind of Rymo giving me a description of how dope you are. And, uh, but what really stuck out to me was I actually met you in person in the studio and I, you're working on the song with Rymo. forget the, the name of it, but I remember you're like singing in it and kind of rapping and you're like in the mixing part of it. And one thing that stuck out to me was like your focus like you know if you know about sys in the center there's just a lot of activity going on and there's like people in and out they'll jump in the middle of your sesh but you were just locked in and kind of directing uh what you wanted to hear in the mix with rymo and it was so impressive to see like you know you as a young man locked into you know your craft and owning it and really like it was like a short introduction and then we were like okay i'm back to i'm back to my song and um I, I, I could resonate with folks like that. Like that kind of energy is like, okay, he's about, about it. So, um, yeah, that was my introduction to you, Kyle.
0: That's super dope. I, I don't remember what song that was, but um, must have been, must have been one of, uh, must have been like 2019, right? Or maybe, yeah, it, it's been a while. Um, but I mean, I've always super enjoyed working with Rymo. He was my, like when I first got to Sunset Youth, um, I, I was talking through Vicky about booking a session and she's like, Hey, this is Rimo. I think you might get along. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yo man. Oh, like, and he like tells me he's Filipino and just been rapping for how long. And I'm like, I'm like, of course they'll, they always pair the Asian people together, but it, it was perfect. <laughs> and, um, and he actually helped me with, my first ever cover art, which is purple, um, but the black and white one, uh, the funny story about that um, is that, you know, he helped me heavily with that project, um, but the cover itself. So I, I shot that in New York City um, uh, with a high school friend who, who went to, to Tish, uh, and and she was just helping me out with the shoot. My And we chose the one with the hand where I'm kind of like going like this, and I think it fits the project well, but my, my grandma on my, my dad's side, she hates that photo. Um, so at all the, the times we put it up on in the house, she would take it down or like, tell me like she didn't want the cover up because it gave her bad, you know, like um, uh, like feng shui, I guess. Because, yeah. Blocking your face is sort of like, I guess, taboo in Korean culture. I didn't know that, but um that's that's (laughs) i'm glad you guys liked it i love it yeah cool um so let's let's just um uh my my last question for you guys tonight is um how can we how can um the people that were watching this listening in can how how can they support you guys um what what's what's up next and what what do you want to plug for the evening
1: Well, I would just want to say, you know, I have a single out. It's called Charge, featuring Son of Paper. Um, shout out to Son of Paper for the mix and the master. Uh, cover art was by Rymezi. You know, it's all in house because, you know, the family got to eat, you know. Um, so, yeah, check that out. I am going to be working on a video soon. I already have uh, been writing my uh, video concept. Uh, I'm going to get very creative with this one and really like um, thinking about doing some backgrounds, airbrushing of myself, like the whole shebang. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I'm excited for that. I am working on an EP. Hopefully my EP is done by my birthday. That is like a present that I want to give to myself is to be done with my EP by September.
0: And and do you have any specific call to actions that you would, um like uh do you want them to follow you on instagram or
1: yeah for sure follow me on instagram at bzelaya it's b-z-e-l-a-y-a-a um and follow you can follow me on tiktok it's the same everything is the same thing it's b-z-e-l-a-y-a-a follow my journey thank you
0: cool here you go yeah um uh,
2: same thing, Figo Navarro on every platform and uh music videos and projects uh on the way. I've been dropping music since well since COVID started. I've been pretty consistent, like once a month dropping either a single or features that I'm on. Um I have an EP that I want to drop like late April. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'm naming the project Escapism. And yeah, I got uh like a few videos lined up and just enjoying this creative life that we're living now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it feels like, like a wholesome community version of a label kind of, and that we all get to do our own thing as well.
2: Yeah. And I got to shout out the crew too. I'm part of our collective lyrical opposition. So um, I just, yeah, these are kind of like a big part of uh, the reason I'm also being able to be consistently working on music because I have a lot of support in that community as well. So shout out to LO.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, I, I hope you guys had a good time and, um, I, I'm really excited to get this out in the world and, um, plug all of your music. So let me know, uh, when this eventually comes out, what you want me to plug and I'll, I'll make sure that people hear it. Um, Let's, uh, let's just do a little cheers. That's how I, I usually end my, my pod. Bye, show. Yeah. Thanks for
1: coming Thank on. Thank you so y'all. much. Yeah. show. Cheers.
0: Oh, cheers. Oh, cheers <laughs> <y'all>.
1: Peace. Peace. <laughs> All
0: right, y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tea with My Uncle Iros. Catch us every Monday on your favorite podcasting service. The TWMUI is written and produced by me. Definitely rate and review us on iTunes and follow me at Son of Paper on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Theme music by Keys. For more, visit Facebook.com unlockedkeys Unlocked Keys. Spill with y'all next time on Tea with My Uncle Iros.